you're a parent, a student, or a staff member that takes Northern Nevada high school sports seriously. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. If it's high school sports in Northern Nevada, we're not only talking about it, we're right in the middle of it. News and information you can trust. Let's do this. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. And now your host, Michael Reeves. Good evening, everybody. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. I am your host, Michael Reeves. And today, we are continuing our countdown to kickoff series. We are closer to the end than we are the beginning. But I'm talking the end of the series as we are getting ready for kickoff. Coming up August 12th, we will have a game here in Northern Nevada. It's exciting. Everything is coming to a head to where we will have football back in Northern Nevada. Super excited to do this podcast today. We are covering the McQueen Lancers, a team that not only had a quarterback get drafted in Major League Baseball, a head coach who retired, who also is the father of that player, and lost another key senior in Ashton Hayes. A big transition is expected when you're talking about the McQueen Lancers, but when you reflect on last season, they won a state title game. They did a lot of great things, and this is a group where while you had some of those key seniors, you got a lot of juniors that are now turning into seniors and even some sophomores that are turning into juniors now that are going to be key contributors for the Lancers this season. We're super excited. We got interviews with a ton of players. Head coach Matthew Warner, or Matthew Marner, sorry, can't talk today. Um, just a great guy. Uh, really, really excited um, when we had the opportunity to talk to him because he was able to tell us about some of the history, not only with himself, but his experiences in McQueen Lancer football program. He is a player of McQueen. He is an assistant coach of McQueen, and he's gotten to do a ton of things within this program. Um, previously, the offensive coordinator of the Lancers. So Jim Schnelling out. And, you know, we, we, we wonder sometimes, is that going to be a problem? Is that going to be uh, some kind of transition when you've got a legendary coach uh, like a head coach and Jim Schnelling? Is that a problem? No. Because you got a guy like Matt Marner who knows the program, knows the kids, and knows what it takes to win. Obviously, being an offensive coordinator last year, he also made it to the state title game. So there's not a lot of questions when you're wondering who is the leader of this group. So without further ado, we're going to play his interview first because I feel it really establishes a precedent of the new leadership and the new guy at the helm of this program, and I'm excited to hear from from head coach Matt Marner. Here with the head coach of the Lancers, Matt Marner. Uh, coach, you guys have uh, a lot of a lot of good things to work off of last season. You guys reached the pinnacle for what it what is uh, Northern Nevada football. Uh, how do you guys not only embrace that? but not allow it to become complacency with some of the kids. Yeah, that's uh, that's been the challenge thus far. We have some guys who were a part of that team last year 
Um, and like you said, we accomplished great things, but you never want to live in the past. And, and we have a few guys out here who, who think that just because we were in that position and we made it all the way to that spot that other teams up here might just roll over and, and things might just be handed to them. But so there's a, there definitely is a delicate balance between reminding them that, that they, yes, there's still a lot of talent on this team, but there's even a bigger target on our back. And so the, the, the amount of work that we have to put in outside of Friday nights and even outside of during the regular season is, is exponentially higher. Um, yeah. Now, one thing before we get into the position breakdowns that I really found interesting, um, maybe in the JV or freshman group here, but I noticed you were talking to them. And one thing I can always appreciate, you know, I always love good coach dialogue, but uh, you were saying, hey, every day you come out to practice, you're either getting better or worse. There's no uh, the same next day. Uh, because if you think you're doing the same, you're probably getting worse. Uh, some of these some of these things that you think of, how... how how much do you how much do you uh, think the kids take out of that and just some of the conversation and dialogue you give them because I mean even even a, a sports junkie like myself I was like that's a great line to tell a kid because it's something that's uh, important not just here on the football field but everywhere yeah it's easy to see that some of these kids definitely buy into what you say we got the kids that come out here and eat eat uh, drink breathe football and and, and they're, they're out here putting in the work on the days that we're not even meeting. And so you hope that some of those things stick with some of the guys that, that are down at the, uh, the, the lower end of the barrel. Um, I mean, you talked about old sayings. There's another old saying that you're, you're only as good as your worst player. And so if, the, if there's a big drop-off between the ones and the, and the bottom of the barrel, um, a couple injuries could put you in, in a rough situation. So um, it's, I'd like to say that I come up with a lot of those sayings on my own, but I think we all know that any, any of the, anything that, that is coach speak is borrowed from somebody else. So Now we're going to get into the position groups. Last year, obviously, one of the hugest groups, your quarterback, uh, Robbie Snelling, um, who is now drafted by the San Diego Padres. Congratulations to him. But what can we see out of the quarterback position this year uh, with that experience going away? So we, ha we have a, a little bit of a competition at that position right now. We've got uh, a, a returning senior named Landon Tessier, who we had last year as a, as a junior, but he unfortunately missed his junior year after tearing his ACL at the tail end of the COVID spring season that we had in 2021. So that, that automatically became a, um, a recovery in and of itself that put him into like February, March territory. So once he got cleared and started to come back out here, it's, it's easy to see that uh, why he was as touted as, as we thought he was when he was young. Um, it, right now, it, it, it looks like it could be his job, but, but there's really only a couple jobs that, uh, that have any guy cemented in there. Um, another quarterback in that room is Aaron Hansen. He's a returning senior who, when he was a sophomore, he, was a, he ended up actually being the starter on that JV team with Landon's injury um, and grew a lot during that year. Um, played a little bit of scout quarterback for us last year. We had another senior last year who kind of had that position. Um, and then we're, we're also mixing in Trey Legrone in the, in the mix a little bit. He played a little bit of quarterback when he was a freshman, and I think he's listed on our roster as an athlete. Um, he, he's, when we put him out at X, he's the best receiver on the field, and when we put him at quarterback, he's, he's somebody you got to keep an eye on. So it's a crowded room with, with some talent. So the good news is even though – even though we lost somebody like Robbie, um, the, the cupboard isn't totally bare. We've got some talented guys uh, left over. Now we talk about losses. Uh, Ashton Hayes was another big one. Ashton, uh, just great running back all around. But uh, coming up this year, you got, I talked to Dio a little bit. Uh, we'll probably see some time from him. Anybody else, and what do you think about uh, Dio this year? Uh, Dio is going to be one of our guys. He's going to be our workhorse this year. When he was a, 
uh, a freshman back when I was in my first year, first or second year calling the offense here. We were a little thin in that room, and so we actually called him up to varsity, and he got some experience uh, during that, that COVID season. Um, he, he, a lot of, not a lot of people know about Dio, which is, I think, kind of a good thing because we had Ashton in front of him last year. Dio in limited action had over 600 yards and double-digit touchdowns. So it's uh, just like I talked about with the quarterback position. It's not like the, the cupboard is bare. Um, Dio's going to be a guy who I think is going to go on and play at the next level after this season. Um, we got a, a, another guy in that room who's a, a junior named Sam, Sam Duran. Uh, we were looking for him to do big things. Kid squats over 400 pounds, and he's, and he's a junior. Um, stout little little kid. Um, and then a couple other guys that we've called up. But, uh, yeah, Dio's going to be the main guy. I think he'll lead us in carries and, and touches on offense. We get over to the receiving core and tight end group. Uh, obviously, you talked about Trey Legrone. Uh, I kind of feel like we could see a Swiss Army effect with him. He could play a little bit of everything. Uh, but some other receivers, some other tight ends uh, that you do want to highlight. Yeah, so um, I know you talked with Liam a little bit ago. Um, he, he, was, he played a lot for us last year. Um, that's actually the room that we have the most returning experience in. In, in, the, in, the, in the state game, the only guys um, that, that were notably playing were, were Logan Allen, and, and we lost Bodie Callison as well. Um, but all of those little those slot guys are returning. Um, Trey's, Trey's going to be playing receiver for us. The guy I mentioned a little earlier, Aaron, if he doesn't win the quarterback job, he's, he's a little bit of a Swiss Army knife himself. Um, and then a couple of the kids that we called up from the JV last year that we, we had on the team for the playoffs could definitely be pre uh, competing for some playing time. But um, that's a room that we're, that we're, we're feeling pretty good about. Uh, and then at the tight end position, I know that you met with, with Jaden Legrone earlier, who is obviously a tremendous sprinter and, and a hell of an athlete out on the field. Um, we got to be smart about how we use him on offense because he's so valuable to us on defense. But um, I, I think we have some pretty pretty good weapons offensively this year. We switch over to the last group with the offense, uh, the offensive line. I talked to Luke Martindale, Luke Martindale and uh, you want to talk about prototype offensive lineman. He's got a little bit of height. He's got he's built up a little bit. He seems like a guy that could really do a lot of things for you. Um, and and who else can we see from this that position group? Yeah, you mentioned Luke. He's got a little bit of a mean streak in him, which you definitely want as an offensive lineman. Um, we got Justin Rickett coming back as a as a, at right guard. He's he's going to be a junior this year. We had him up as as a sophomore with us last year on varsity. Um, and then the other positions are pretty much up for grabs. We we lost, uh, as you know, a lot of a lot of experience there. We lost Sean, who's who's walking on at Nevada and. And then uh, Addie Taylor and, and uh, Garrett Cooper and Alex Reggio, who did a great job in the interior for us. Um, but the offensive line group is one that we we'd certainly need to build a little bit of depth. Um, we've we've called up a sophomore named Ray Raymond Smith, who is a good sized kid. I think he'll be our right tackle. Uh, but in the interior, there's there's still some battles that need to be sorted out once we get the pads on. We switch to the other side of the ball. Uh, we know when it comes to football, if you can't get to the quarterback. There's no point in playing. I mean, your game's over. Uh, it looks like it looks like you had a very, very, very senior-heavy defensive line last year. Uh, what should we see from the defensive line this year? Yeah, so that's that's sort of the same position group that I just talked about. A lot of those same kids. Uh, one guy who I think is going to be a little bit of a diamond in the rough for us. I mentioned earlier is Sam Duran at uh, at running back, and we're going to move him down to defensive end. Um, he's no taller than you or me, but but like I said, he squats 400 pounds. He can dunk a basketball at, at about five eight or five nine, um, and uh, I think he's he could cause havoc for for some linemen who don't have great feet. 
Um, on the interior, we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be kind of uh, by committee. We got a, a young kid named Manoa Blake who uh, is a junior who worked really hard this last off season. Last year was only the first year that he'd played football, uh, and I think he's gonna be. Um, disruptive in the interior you got roman listed there on your list unfortunately roman suffered a liz frank injury um at a camp in the middle of may somewhere in the middle of may so his timeline has him coming back by like the last couple couple games of the year so that's another that's another position group that we that we certainly need to uh um hash out some 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 uh depth chart with the with the once the shoulder pads come on we switched over to the linebacking crew. Uh, Robbie was a huge part of that last year, but uh, we could probably see some guys that are going to step up this year. Oh yeah, yeah. We've we got a couple. Uh, so um, one thing that was that was good about last year is is the guys that we had there did a tremendous job and the depth that we had behind them. Um, we had a couple kids that were injured last year that that when they were sophomores were were very disruptive on the JV. Um, a kid by the name of Alex Flores, um, another kid by the name of Dominic Munoz. Uh, both of whom Munoz saw a little bit of playing time at the end of last year because he was coming off of an injury um, in that same spring season. Um, and then we called up a couple sophomores, a uh, guy, guy by the name of Brian Park. He's been doing a really nice job for us this summer. And, and uh, um, Jackson McAdera, another sophomore that we called up. That's actually a pretty heavy room of, of guys. Uh, what's interesting about it is a lot of those guys didn't play varsity football last year. So there's a lot of, of hunger to, to get out there on the field. Now, last year you had some key contributors in the secondary, but this year you've got both Legrones, you've got Dio, uh, you've got some guys that got some speed that can definitely uh, get to the ball. Uh, what can we see from that secondary? Yeah, so you mentioned J uh, Jaden and Trey. Uh, you mentioned Dio. Aaron's another guy who's going to be playing some free safety and maybe down in the box for us. Um, at corner, we've got... Um, um, oh, who did we call? Oh, we got a couple kids. So Anthony Mead. Anthony Mead is a junior that we called up. With, uh, he's obviously he's up with this year as a junior. We had him up with us in the playoffs. He scored he scored a couple touchdowns during the playoff run. Um, guy named, by the name of Kyler Timmerman. He's a senior. Kind of got buried in the depth chart behind some seniors last year, but uh, doesn't play a lot on offense. But he's a tremendous defensive player for us. Now, you being a McQueen guy, uh, you know this is the last position group we're going to talk about, but it is not the least important by any means of the stretch. Uh, your special teams. McQueen, I feel like you guys can always find a kicker from somewhere. Uh, what, what can we see from returners, kickers, punters? So um, a lot of those guys that we mentioned in the previous position groups will be our guys touching the ball on special teams. Um, Aaron was our kicker last year, mixed in a little bit with Bodie Callison. Um, but Aaron, I think I think Aaron, it, it could be his job to lose. We've got a junior by the name of Ryan McGee who's worked hard this offseason who could be our kicker. Um, could end up calling somebody up from the JV because, I mean, as you know, we got to have the best kicker in the program up on the varsity. Um, but all that aside, special teams absolutely is, is the most important um, element of the game. It's the hidden yards. We had... We had a couple guys on special teams last year that we didn't even mention in our conversation who were, who were second or third teamers on defense who, who led us in, uh, in special teams tackles. Um, a couple guys, uh, like the, the leader of our team last year in, in forced fumbles was, was a guy on kickoff. So you, you never know where those, where those hidden superstars might be um, and, and how they can help us win some games with, with like you mentioned, the, the yards between the offense and defensive snaps. Now we're going to get into a couple more questions about you, the league as a whole, and your team. 
Uh, I talked to you before the interview because some people don't know your story. Uh, first of all, give them a little bit of background about yourself and how you got to be the head coach of McQueen. And now that's kind of a two-pronged question. And what does it mean with your history to be the head coach of McQueen football? So uh, I graduated from McQueen in 2003. I was a part of the 2002 state championship team um, under Coach Dalton. And then uh, when I turned 20, I came back, and um, my first year coaching here at McQueen was actually uh, on the freshman staff. And some of the members of that team were, were guys like Tyler York and Kyle Van Oy and Carrington Armstrong, who's here coaching with us again, uh, or back, back here at McQueen coaching with me. Um, so I coached a few years there on the, on the freshman staff and then worked my way up to the JV. And uh, eventually after Coach Dalton retired, Coach Stelling promoted me to the JV head coach. Um, and then after a few years in that position, I was promoted to the varsity offensive coordinator. And after four years of calling the offense, um, when Coach Snelling stepped down this offseason, um, I interviewed for the for the head coaching position at McQueen. And I mean, I, t I tell my I'm a teacher here at McQueen, too. I've, I've told parents for the last nine years that I've been here that I think their kids go to the best school in northern Nevada. And I don't I don't really care if that's a biased opinion. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding the, in the last 20 some odd years. The. McQueen has been at the at the pinnacle of of northern Nevada athletics and not just in football but but in everything um, so it's it, there's there's no school that I would rather coach at here here at here at uh, in northern Nevada so it's a it's a dream come true truly is now we touched on it a little bit uh, but I want to go a little more in depth uh, coach Dalton coach Snelling two legends in their own right when you're talking about head coaches, not just at McQueen High School, but in northern Nevada. I mean, Coach Dalton has the name on this field. And uh, Coach Snelling, I mean, it's got to say something when not only do you have all the great years he does, but then you've got a son who's getting drafted into Major League Baseball. Uh, so, I mean, you know, he, he's done a few things right over the years. Uh, how do you follow those legacies? Because those are some big shoes to fill. So I, I certainly recognize that, that I stand on the shoulders of giants and the fact that this school has been open for over 40 years and I'm only the third head coach in the program's history, that none of that is lost on me. Um, I, a lot of my coaching styles and a lot of the things that I do and, and the ways that we do are things that were instilled by Coach Dalton when I played here and by Coach Stelling when I coached underneath him. So I think it's important to, to not – discount any of that but carry some of that forward um, I'm always going to be my own coach I, I try to be um, a little bit of a player's coach um, but I, I mean it's it's like like you said I it's it's kind of humbling to know that 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 those two guys have such tremendous legacy legacies um, and and I'm and I'm following in their footsteps I'm not going to try to try to fill their footsteps I'm going to try to carve out my own path as we go um, the nice part about it is Every single coach who was here last year under Coach Snelling, myself included, everybody's back. And so when I when I interviewed for the position, one word that I used is continuity. Um, and there's always been continuity in this program. And so I feel like if we can keep that ball rolling, the momentum that we built up last year will will help some of those um, those butterflies and nerves take care of themselves. You talked about your assistant coaches. What did it mean to you when they all said, "Hey, coach"? We love what you're doing. We want to come back. Oh, it means the world. Um, it means that, that you're doing something right. Um, I, I, I think that the well, the foundation was obviously built primarily by Coach Snelling in that way. Um, but it's but it's it's very humbling and uh, feels great to know that that you've got the support of all these these men behind you. 
Now, we talked about you carving out your own path and kind of doing things a little bit your way. How, uh, what are some changes you're looking to make that uh, maybe we wouldn't see from Coach Snelling? Um, I don't know if there's anything that's going to be too noticeable. Maybe just some of the, the order that we do things in practice. Um, I, I know that we, in the spring we've spent a little more time on special teams than I remember us doing in the, in the last few years. Um, we've spent time at, um, encouraging them to understand how important things are that they do with their bodies outside of practice. So we've carved out a little extra practice time for team stretches and, and things like that. Um, but, I mean, it, I, I would say that just philosophical things that you, that you hear about and, and see on um, successful programs do on, on Twitter or on social media or in coaches' clinics, you kind of bring that stuff up here and see how you can integrate it with, with what you're already doing. But um, it's certainly not reinventing the wheel and not changing any of the, the things that make us who we are. Now, Coach Snelling uh, had a system, and he continued with it. Um, schematically, is there any major changes we could expect to see? I know that Coach Maka wants to, wants to pick up the pace a little bit on offense, a little faster than we went last year, which I'm all for. Uh, anything that can keep the, the advantage on that side of the ball. Um, but uh, schematically, everybody's back, and it's just about the guys that, that are new to the, to the varsity um, getting, getting up to speed. Now this one's kind of interesting when you're when you're talking about your history. Uh, you may be a first-time head coach or in your first year here, rather, uh, but you're not a first-time head coach in the aspect of you've been coaching here for forever. It feels like now. Uh, what is special to you about Northern Nevada? Uh, what's special to me about Northern Nevada, and particularly this community, is how. Uh, McQueen football truly is a family. Um, I, I, you go out somewhere and you run into a teammate that you that you played with 20 years ago. One of Coach Snelling's favorite, one of my favorite stories about Coach Snelling is when he when he started at Nevada after coming over from Shasta College. One of his best teammates um, at the University of Nevada was a kid named Tyler Miller who went to McQueen. And it's just, I mean, we, we you come out here for for homecoming, um, and it truly is a family. People that move into this community don't move out of the Northwest. Um, the support that McQueen football has is is unwavering, um, and I think that's that's something that that the kids recognize too. How special their parents feel all of this is, and and the businesses that were. That, that we're surrounded by. We always tell these guys when they go out in public with something that says McQueen football on their chest, they represent not just themselves and not just their teammates, but thousands and thousands of guys that have come before them and put on that helmet and shoulder pads. Now we talked about your coaching experience. What's, thing, what's something that uh, when you began was done that, that you're happy has changed? And what's one thing that when you started um, you, you just have learned over the years that there is a strong reason we continue to still do that. So uh, one thing that I'm really happy that's changed over the years is the way that film is, is, uh, is exchanged. Um, things like Huddle have made that uh, tremendous. I remember years ago when I was the JV head coach meeting uh, rival head coaches outside of Denny's and exchanging DVDs of films, and, and now you just have to upload it onto Huddle and you can send it off and it's gone in a few minutes. So that's one thing that I'm really happy that's that's kind of gone away. Um, one thing that it, that's easy to see, and I mean, even when I was a part of it here because we were successful when I was here as a player, uh, it's just how hard we, we push the kids. Um, no, none of these coaches have come out here this morning and um, drug themselves out of bed away from their families to come up here, not because they don't love it. Because, I mean, we're trying to get all these kids better and... Um, Make, make football mean to them what it means to us. 
So we're going to get into a little more controversy here. Uh, 4A, 5A. You're talking about realignment. Every head coach has an opinion. Every athletic director has an opinion. And I've seen even uh, I've seen schools where you've got athletic directors arguing with coaches, arguing with other coaches. It's just it's an interesting topic when you're talking about should all teams be in one division, 4A, 5A, or should we take it by a sport by sport basis? Um, it's it's a difficult question to answer. Um, and, and we talked earlier about sayings. There's another old saying. When you try to please everybody, you end up pleasing nobody. Um, I would, as a as a coach in Northern Nevada, the only thing that changes for us, truly, the only thing that would change for us if we moved from 5A to 4A is who we played the last game of the season. Everything would remain the same. Our playoffs would be the same. Potentially, we might have a state semifinal where we play a team from Las Vegas. Um, but uh, that's that's where that kind of stands. In my opinion, I think we belong in the 4A. If you sit and look at the numbers, we had a meeting a year about a year and a half ago where we sat down and looked at the enrollments. Um, I think, if I'm correct, and I don't want to be incorrect in stating this, but I think the new hug that's opening up will be the most populated school in northern Nevada. Putting it at the 17th or 18th most populated school in the state of Nevada. All the, the top 17, of course, coming from, from southern Nevada. So if you take the... 10 of those teams and, and create a 5A as they've done, I mean, you, you, you create something that's more equitable. That's a word that, that education really likes to, to throw around is equity. Um, and it's truly not equitable if you have a team like, like for us, for example, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to um, play the poor me card, but we have 1,600 kids. We have about 1,600 kids here. A school like Liberty in Las Vegas has around 2,500 or 3,000 kids. So the, just the sheer number of kids that you're going to get out for a sport, um, the, the ability that you're going to have on that sport uh, can create some, some inequities in the game. Uh, I think doing it a sport-by-sport -sport basis is something that's really smart. Uh, I know that that's worked really well for, for McQueen's soccer program. Our boys' soccer program went, went down to, I believe, the 3A. I don't know if there's a 5A in soccer. And, then, and they qualified for for state in, in, in that, in that, uh, capacity. So it's, it's a question that it's really difficult to do uh, to answer. I don't think that, that my, my point of view or my, my perspective is going to be the ultimate deciding thing. It's just, I'm just kind of along for the ride for, for whatever everybody does. When, when we've met in our meetings, I know that me and the, re the rest of the five, a coaches, Northern five, a coaches are pretty much on the same page. The football coaches in that regard. Um, I mean, if you were at the game last year when we played Gorman, you saw what something inequitable like that can create. So it's, it's, it's tough. We're going to go to our last question, but it'll be an interesting one because obviously you've been here as long as you have been. So you've seen the past, you know, the present and what you've got in your program. And then let's, whether it's a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, who knows, maybe even you're like coach Dalton and just you don't know when to hang it up. Uh, but when it comes to being a head coach here at McQueen, when you're walking out the door for the last time, what is something you want to see out of this program and where do you want to see the program as a whole? Um, my goal, honestly, is to leave this program better than it, than I found it right now. Um, I'd like to see, and not to say that this program is in any shambles at all, but that, that was something that, that Coach Snelling told me when he was when he was kind of walking out the door is, is that one of his goals was to leave this place better, the same if not better than he found it. So when I leave here, whenever that is, I, I would I would hope that um, that uh, 
that a lot of my players feel the same way that, that I do about some of my coaches and the relationships that they've built. Uh, when I see guys like Coach Cass or Coach Baxter, who um, listeners to the show might not know who he is, but when I see guys like those that, that out in public, it it it, uh, it truly does reinstill that family um, mentality that I that I mentioned earlier. I, I hope that some of these players know that <clears throat> that I would be here and do whatever whatever I could for them in any capacity, just like my coaches did for me. Um, so hopefully that the 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 relationships that I've built with the players will will endure long after I've uh, hung up my whistle. Well, thank you so much for the time, coach. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. We appreciate Coach Marner giving us that insight into one-of-a-kind mentalities. Uh, not a lot of people have been with the McQueen Lancer program as long as he has, and not only gives you the head coach experience, but lets you know how it was as an assistant head coach and as a player. Our next player we're going to talk to is Dio Richson. Dio is a phenomenal player that really just speaks his personality, um, has a lot of great insight, and we're going to go to his interview now. Here with Dio Richson. He's playing running back and he's playing safety this year for the McQueen Lancers. Hey Dio, uh you guys you guys had a great year last year by all accounts. I mean, we know how tough it is for anybody to win a state title here in the north, but for you guys to even make it to that game, how does it feel coming off such a successful season and how do you not let that uh, how do you let that not seep into this year and get overconfident with that um well it was a great experience we had a great experience um going to the state championship game but our confidence i feel like we're always we feel like we're always kind of like the underdog everybody just because i feel like we lost um two of our best players of course there were two of our best players but we still have me my lineman liam uh, Landon, Angela, like our whole team is just so balanced this year and we're just so ready to compete. You talked about those two big players you lost and you're probably referencing Ashton Hayes and Robbie Snelling. Uh, two guys that had incredible careers out here at McQueen. How do you how do you try to emulate some of the things that they may have uh, done or taught you or worked with you on the field and uh just speak to those two guys i mean uh because they are incredible guys but big losses um ashton took me under his wing he taught me a lot of stuff i kept a lot of stuff um robbie man he was just our leader he just he was always just him him and ashton was just always him there was just always just being a leader always pushing us and i'm gonna do the same thing now, uh, that's not the only transition you guys are dealing with this year. Uh, this year, you guys are going from a great head coach in Jim Schnelling to another great head coach in Matthew Marner. Uh, what has Coach Marner brought to the table? Uh, I think he brings energy. He brings everything that um, Coach Schnelling brought to the table, I feel like. Um, he, 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 has a all, he has a relationship with all of them. Our players on the team, just like Coach Nelling did, I just think we're going to just be the either the same team or the better team this year. Now, Dio, we're going to go into a couple of questions that are a little more self-reflective, make you think about yourself, things of that nature. So in a perfect world, where are you in five years? Uh, in the NFL. I want to be in the NFL. I want to take care of my family. I want to make sure my mom doesn't want, have to work a 9-to-5 again. 
on top of that question, when you go out on the field, you have a lot of strengths. But what would you say is your biggest weakness, and how can you potentially make that a strength this year? Um, not trying to be cocky or anything, but I don't feel like I have any weaknesses. And, and if I did, I'm going to keep that to myself. I don't want my other opponents to know about my weaknesses. We look at a lot of great players across the North and a lot of great players on your team. Why do you feel that your coaches feel, when it comes to safety, when it comes to running back, that you're the guy? And why do you feel that you're the greatest at your position for this team? Um, Because I've been through everything for the past four years on this team. As a freshman, I was on varsity. I wasn't the starter, but I was looking at um, this guy named Dwayne Johnson, I mean Dwayne Smith, and I was looking up to him. He was teaching me certain stuff. Um, I wasn't really starting, but I was learning how to play different positions. So it teached me how to play strong safety. And then my senior season, I just learned and took all the advantages that everybody gave me. So, yeah. You touched on it a little bit earlier, but what does family mean to you? Family means everything to me. Family means love, support. Uh, together it means we're just always together if like um someone's down i'm gonna pick my brother up there's a lot of different uh personalities on this team you know i remember how coach schnelling ran a really tight ship with just making sure everybody was on their p's and q's uh how do you as a fellow teammate just kind of are you more of a introverted or extroverted type of person i'm kind of both. I don't think I'm both, but I'm really just a goofy person. I like to be goofy with everybody. Um, I like to give everybody uh, faith. I just like to be just me, to be honest. Okay, we're, we've got our last question here. What do you feel is the greatest challenge facing high school football athletes today? Um, just keep going. Just keep working and just keep with it. Coming out here every day is not easy, but if you love the game, you'll do it. Well, thank you so much for the time, Dio. No problem. We appreciate Dio giving us insight into just some of his mentality and the way he thinks he should be a big-time player for the McQueen Lancers, really filling in um, on some of those key spots that uh, I, you require that type of mentality and that speed and just that will to win. And uh, I love when I asked him, you know, what are some of his weaknesses? And a lot of guys, you know, I'm, I'm not asking them to reveal a huge weakness, but he just takes his game very seriously to the fact that he is like, I'm not talking about it. Um, and, you know, I don't know if I do have any weaknesses, but of course he was respectful in his answer with that. We're going to go to another player in Liam Reed. Liam um, is one of those guys that is uh, one of those twitchy type players, always trying to find the ball, always trying to make a play. So uh, excited to hear from Liam, and we'll go to his interview now. Here with Liam Reed, uh, receiver here at McQueen. Liam, your your team had a lot of highs last year obviously you guys won a regional championship and then moved on to a state title game and we know how tough it is once you get to that step um but but how has it been going into the offseason knowing you're at the pinnacle of your guys's game but you don't want to drop off and you've had a coaching change you've had some players leave 
Uh, how do you, how do you keep the continuity? Uh, honestly, it really pushes me. Uh, I think it pushed all of us in the off season, especially coming off a season like that. Uh, we had our two guys, like Dio talked about, Robbie and Ashton, but um, they weren't our whole team. Our whole team was pretty much juniors, uh, besides those two. And without us, like they wouldn't be as good as they are. Obviously, they're the best two dudes in Nevada, probably on the West Coast. But uh, they pushed us every day, and seeing them push us and strive to win like that pushed us in this off season, especially with getting Marner as our head coach. It really brought us together and is really making us better this off season. You discussed Coach Marner. Uh, coach Schnelling had been here for what seems like forever, and before him, Coach Dalton forever. Uh, McQueen's had a history head co- at the head coach position. How is it uh, making that transition to Coach Marner? Um, I think it was pretty weird at first because uh, I've known I've known Jim since I was really little. I played baseball with Robbie since I was really little, so I've always known him as the McQueen football guy and seeing him leave is kind of weird but Marner has always been right in his shadow always ready to he's been ready for this position I think he's taking it really well. Now you talked about coach Snelling coach Marner obviously they're bringing great continuity great uh, things to the program what does McQueen football mean to you? Um, I never played football when I was little and uh, my mom would never let me because she didn't want my, my head to get hurt. I already had so many concussions, and <laughs> she didn't want me to get hurt anymore. But then I always heard about McQueen football growing up here. They were always the program to be at. They were the school to be at. And uh, when I became a freshman, I decided to play football, and I, I fell in love with it, and I fell in love with McQueen football. It's uh, it's family. It's a great culture. It's I don't know. It's just something that I strive to use in my everyday life, you know? Now I've got a couple of self-reflective questions. Um, in a perfect world, Liam, where are you in five years? Uh, either playing, still playing college football or baseball or, you know, at the top level. Uh, stuff happens. I could be redshirting for an injury or something, still be in college, or I could be in the next level. You never know. But that's, that's where I expect myself to be. Always. Now, tell us something that people may not know about you or a hobby that people may find interesting that they don't know about Liam outside of the Friday Night Lights? Um, uh, <laughs> I guess uh, I've skated since I was little. Uh, that actually helped me a lot mentally. Um, uh, staying composed within myself, uh, learning to be a solo guy, you know, pushing myself when, I, when it's just me, not with other people. Uh, my dad was a big not just do one thing guy, so I've always done everything. I've been in so much Played every sport, did everything I could when I was little, so pretty much like a, I'm pretty good at everything, I guess. Now you touched on it a little bit, um, talking about your dad there. What does family mean to you? Uh, home. Support, everything. Uh, without family, I don't know where I'd be right now. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to be in 20 years without family, so uh, they're, they're everything to me. Now these coaches out here seem to put a lot of faith in you putting you at receiver because there's a lot of guys that can catch a football, but it seems like you can do it at a better level. Uh, why do you feel that they feel you're the best man for the job? Um, I'm the fastest guy out here um, from the receiver core. Uh, I've played uh, when I was a freshman. I wasn't like deal. I was on varsity. I was moved up to JV for a little while. Sophomore years moved up to varsity. Last year I was a starter on varsity as a receiver. And as a young guy, I think they saw me they really saw me shine and push myself behind some older dudes, and um, I think 
this year I want to be that older dude, and they know that, and they know I'm going to be uh, a, a key piece to this offense this year. We look at a lot of players, and they have strengths and weaknesses. You have quite a few strengths, but what would you say is your biggest weakness, and how do you turn that into a strength? Um, uh, I guess I would have to be uh, – I hate, I hate losing. Um, I can't. I can't lose, and sometimes it – it gets on my teammates because sometimes I'll get pissed and sometimes I'm the dickhead that, that has to get on everybody. But at the same time, it also, I think it pushes me and others to always want to win. And I think that's what helps us win so much. Last question. What do you feel is the biggest challenge facing high school football athletes today? Um, within the last few years, uh, I think trying to get recruited is really difficult right now with COVID and everything. A lot of schools are having a hard time recruiting and um, uh, there's not a lot, there's a lot of media platforms out there to get recruitment, but you don't know what uh, coaches really think about you like that until you meet them in person. And a lot of coaches aren't able to get out right now. There's not a lot of money in programs, so it's kind of hard to get recruited, but there's so many kids still doing it. So why can't you? Well, Liam, thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much. Liam brings up some valuable um, insight as far as, uh, just like he mentioned there at the end of the interview, uh, recruitment. There's so many media platforms and Twitter platforms and things of that nature um, that, you know, the players have the ability to post their huddle, post uh, different clips of what they're doing, different things of that nature. But is it always helping them as much as, a coach having face-to-face -face interaction, and that's something that the pandemic did play a factor in. So something that I really found insightful in his interview uh, was that question. I'm also excited to see what Liam brings to the field as him and Dio, the two first people we interviewed, a lot of speed there. Um, I think McQueen will have a fast team in a lot of aspects. And another guy that may be quite quick on the field, we're going to talk to Mr. Legrone in Trey Legrone, or Jaden Legrone, as he's called. Uh, but yeah, Trey is his nickname, and we're excited to hear what he has to say on Northern Nevada football now. I'm here with Jaden Legrone. He plays strong safety and he plays tight end. Jaden, you guys have played a lot of football in the last year. Uh, you guys got to play in a regional championship and win that, and then you got to play in a state championship game. We know how tough it is when you, you're facing the teams in the south for the state championship. But just to get there, how do you guys take all those highs and not let that create complacency for this year? Um, I think a lot of it is our coaches, they're doing a real good job of making sure that we're not getting complacent and we're making sure that we keep pushing ourselves. And then a lot of it's just our mental and us needing to want it, because if we don't want it, then we're not going to be able to do it. But I think this team, we want it real bad. So I think we got a good chance of going back, too. Now, Jaden, uh, you guys are making a transition this year. You guys have Coach Snelling, who's been here forever, Coach Dalton before that. But now um, Coach Marner comes in place. What has he brought to the program, and uh, what do you like about him? Uh, Coach Marner, I like him a lot. He was, he was one of my teachers last year and uh he he brings a lot of a lot of our effort right now he's doing a real good job of making sure that we're we're keeping up and just balling out right now making sure that we don't uh get lazy and stuff 
Now, uh, we're here out on the practice field early this morning. Uh, what have you seen from your team so far this summer and uh, that gives you optimistic that gives you optimism going into this season, rather. Um, I've seen a lot of a lot of our juniors last year stepping up as seniors, who's getting a lot of a uh, good leadership role. And I've seen a lot of our underclassmen stepping up and making sure that they're doing what they need to do too. So, as long as long as we keep that going, I'm excited. We're gonna do real good. We look to this year, and you guys lost Ashton Hayes. You lost Robbie Snelling, two key guys. Uh, how do you guys fill in for the not just those roles on offense, but Robbie also played some defense. So how do you guys have that next man up mentality and let last year just be a stepping stone for what you guys can accomplish? Uh, I think we just had we we just got to step up, shoot, because they were they were some real good athletes, and the only way that we can do it is just somebody just just got to step up to the plate and just. Uh, do do the best that they can do and fill in that spot. Now, Coach Legrone uh, is out here on the field. Coach Legrone is one of those guys that has played in a lot of programs, knows a lot of things. Obviously, uh, your uncle. Now, what does it mean to have a family member out on the field? Because that's that's a unique situation. Only a handful of players in the North can say they have. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's it's nice. Uh, I think he's honestly the hardest on me and my cousin. We we end up running the most, but it's it's fun. Uh, it's nice to learn from him because I know he got a lot of experience and just it's, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> now we're gonna go into a couple of self-reflective questions here. Um, in a perfect world, Jaden, you are where in five years? Uh, if it's the perfect world, uh, I'm playing for the Raiders uh, in the Raiders stadium. Um, I'm make sure that my, my mom don't got to work no more, my dad don't got to work. Uh, we're going to have a couple private islands. We're just going to be chilling. There's a lot of great things about you on this team. You got a lot of strengths. But what would you feel is one of your weaknesses, and how do you turn it into a strength? Uh, probably my, my biggest weakness is uh, I overthink stuff sometimes. So just the one thing that I could do with that is just uh, preparation so I don't got to think about nothing and I could just play fast and do what I got to do. Now, people that don't know you, what would you say is one of your biggest hobbies or maybe just an interest that you have outside of the Friday Night Lights? Uh, shoot. I like I like working out, honestly. Working out, um, I like track a lot. I just like sports. You have a lot of great uh, strengths, as we discussed previously. Uh, why do you, with all those strengths combined, the coaches have a lot of faith in you, but why do you feel that... Uh, you're the best man at the at the job for both positions you play. Uh, honestly, just cause uh, I'm smart and I'm athletic, I just I just play football well. That's that's it. I just came last year and uh, showed what I can do, and now I'm here. And then the last question I have for you here is: with high school athletes, you guys face a lot of challenges, but high school football in particular, what would you say is the greatest challenge that high school football athletes? face today um i say um for a lot of kids it's just academics a lot or i met a lot of kids who who just can't play because they're not doing what they have to during school and so it sucks but well thank you so much for the time yeah for sure thank you we appreciate the insight given uh by Jaden Legrone. Jaden Legrone is one of those players that 
you know, obviously you, you talk about that greatest challenge facing high school athletes. Uh, they are called student athletes for a reason. And he is one of those that his uncle will not let him not succeed in the classroom as well as um, not succeed on the field. So good insight coming from somebody that's coached by a family member, somebody that uh, wants to be the best at what they do. And uh, just overall loved interviewing Jaden. His personality uh, was really a great one when you're talking about the way he looks at football. Our last interview for the McQueen Lancers is Luke Martindale. Luke Martindale is another personality I really enjoyed talking to. He is very much so your prototype offensive lineman, as I talked uh, with Coach Marner about. But he is also he's got he's got some uh, things that make him you know your typical offensive lineman. But then again, you've got some other things that he's really inquisitive when he talks and really thinks about every single answer that he gives. And I just enjoyed talking to Luke Martindale. And before we get to his interview, I just want to say really excited for the Coach Marner era to begin. Uh, the McQueen Lancers are one of those teams I expect to still be in the running near the top. Um, you know, they are, they're one of those teams that the program has as much stability as it does and tradition as it does and just... They just continue to strive to be the best, and uh, I'm really excited to see what the Lancers have to do. But for our final interview, we're going to talk to Luke Martindale, and then we should be having the Carson Senators coming up on our countdown to kickoff. They're going to be coming up here in a few short days. I'm trying to get everybody in before our first game slash scrimmage. Uh, some teams will be scrimmaging um, on August 12th, and that is going to be the end of our countdown to kickoff series after we have Carson we have Galena and then we should have Reno as well uh so just a lot of great uh coverage as far as these teams we appreciate all the coaches giving us the opportunity to talk to them and their players and without further ado we will get to Luke Martindale here with Luke Martindale played left tackle last year uh Luke we're out here practice early. Uh, seems like you guys are ready to just continue on from what you started last year in a regional championship. Absolutely. Uh, that's been the theme all, all, all summer long. We've been practicing um, for the title defense. So it's, been all, it's always been on the front of our minds. Um, and we've been working towards it. We've been working really hard conditioning in the weight room, getting our plays down. Um, you can see we mess up a play, we run. So uh, our coach is taking it pretty serious, um, and it's been a smooth transition, so feels good, and, uh, and I think we can do it. Last year, you guys graduated great guys in Robbie and Ashton, but this year, you guys, from what I've heard from the other players and what I'm hearing from coaches, is you guys had a lot of great juniors last year. So this is going to be a very senior-heavy team in some aspects. How do you, how does it feel to have a lot of your seniors back for another year? It feels great. Uh, it feels like we're in safe hands. Um, we have guys that know what they're doing, um, and we have we have a lot of yeah, like you said, seniority. So um, we're gonna we're gonna work as hard as we possibly can. Uh, we're gonna be great leaders uh, to we're gonna be great leaders uh, to the juniors and sophomores that are up here now uh, to turn them into great senior leaders as well, um, and just kind of keep that tradition going so um, that we can 
repeat every year. I mean, that's the goal, win a regional championship every year, every year. And I think senior leadership is very important uh, just for the team aspect as well as, uh, as a life aspect, too. So we have Coach Snelling that left. Uh, he, he retired, obviously. His son's getting graduated to major leagues, or getting drafted into the major leagues, rather. He is uh, a great coach, and Coach Dalton has his name on the field, the previous guy before him. Um, coach Marner, what does he bring to the program? Uh, he brings a lot of good stuff. He brings youth. He brings uh, intensity. Um, and a part of it is he keeps it the same, too, because we won last year, um, and we want to do that again. So he's we're doing the same things, um, and it's been a smooth transition because he's been with the program for so long. So uh, he brings... He brings youth uh, and, uh, you know, keeps it the same at the same time, So, uh, which I like. So, You guys have a lot of great coaches on this program, um, and they don't always – the assistant coaches don't always get a lot of shine. What's one of the uh, – who's a couple of assistants that you just really love that you think are really helping you out th these past few years? Coach Ross, the offensive line coach. I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, he came here last year, um, and he's just been a great—he's just been a great mentor to me. Um, He's—he's a—he's one—he's the best coach I've ever had, um, and uh, he brings a lot of a lot of intensity. He played college football, so he knows what that's like. Um, so, big, big props to him because he brings a lot of good stuff to this program. Now, often the least highlighted when you're talking a high school athlete, family. Um, they, they obviously for years took you to practice. Uh, they're always there when you have a loss. They're always there when you have a win. Um, it doesn't matter. What does family mean to you? Uh, it means everything to me. Uh, I, the reason I'm doing this is for my family. I want to make them proud, uh, specifically my, my little brother. I want to make him proud. I w I've always wanted to be that good big brother to him. So uh, it's very important to me that, that we do well this year and that I personally do well so I can, I can make them proud. So it, it means everything to me. We're going to go to a couple of self-reflective questions here. Luke. In a perfect world, where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, uh, I see myself playing professional football, whether that's uh, I've, I've graduated uh, college um, and I'm either in one of the professional football leagues uh, doing pretty well. So, The one thing that we, we see often with high school athletes is they have a lot of strengths, but they don't always see any of their weaknesses or see that they have any weaknesses. What's your greatest weakness and how do you possibly turn that into a strength? Uh, my greatest weakness, um, sometimes just me personally as like a, as like an offensive line, uh, my outside step when I'm, when I'm stepping outside, uh, that's not, not always as quick as I want it to be. Um, and I can turn that into a strength by obviously working on it. Um, changing my stance up a little to make it uh, fit better with the offense. But, uh, yeah, just work on that. And I think that's, that's definitely what I need to work on this season too. Now, a lot of people know what you offer on the football field. But what's something on fr outside of the Friday Night Lights that uh, people would find interesting, whether it be a hobby or an interest of a Luke Martindale? Um, so, so I'm actually a pretty good artist. I, can, I like uh, just like black and white drawings with a pencil. So... Yeah, that's probably that's probably something a lot of people don't know about me and a lot of people would find interesting. So, You have a lot of strengths. There's a reason the coaches trust you. Why do you feel they think you're the best guy for the job? Um, I've been with the program for uh, for my whole life, or not my whole life, but uh, four years. I came up as a sophomore and played and started um, 
and I think they they noticed the leap I've made. I, I worked really hard in the off season, both in the weight room and working on football stuff. Um, so I think going the transition from last year to this year is a huge jump. I've gotten bigger, I've gotten stronger, um, gotten better uh, with offensive line stuff. So I think that's why they, I can I think they can see that jump that I've made. So now the last question I have for you, um, it's one I'm asking everybody. What do you feel is the greatest challenge high school athletes and specifically high school football athletes face today? The greatest challenge? Um, I think a lot of it is balancing schoolwork with work on the field. So we'll, we'll, have, we'll have practice. We'll have, so we start off at zero period, which is uh, we have to get there at 7 in the morning every day. We lift. Um, we go through a whole school day. And then we have practice right after that. So... Uh, and then we're all we're all tired. It's been a long day. You just want to go to sleep, but uh, you have that project you have to do. So, keeping keeping your schoolwork on top, keeping on top of your schoolwork is very important. I think it's a definitely a challenge that kind of gets overlooked just because we're in high school and um, obviously school comes first. Uh, so keeping that balance is definitely probably a big challenge for me. Well, thank you so much for the time, Luke. Thank you. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Battleborn Preps Podcast. If you're a parent, student, or staff of Northern Nevada High School Sports, you can always trust us with news and info. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Twitter at Battleborn Preps. And for schedules, news, and more info, hit the website at bbpreps.com. See you next time on the Battleborn Preps Podcast. <laughs>